are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5GUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 404 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is our Weekender edition, where we talk about upcoming special events and amateur radio and contests as well. And then we talk about open source, open source events, things you can participate in. And uh, that will cover the next 14 days or fortnight or two-week period or whatever you want to call it. And then we move into hedonism. We talk about food and alcohol and song and all the things that make life worth living. And that's what makes The Weekender The Weekender. So let's bring in the usual cast of characters so we can talk about all of that stuff. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, and Bill usually starts off our weekenders by telling us about upcoming contests and uh state QSO parties that you can participate in over the next couple of weeks. And uh, tonight, of course, will be no exception. So, Bill, tell us what we got coming up. That's right. And, of course, this always comes from the contest calendar.com, the most wonderful contest calendar.com in the world. So check that out there. Uh, this weekend, uh, we got a couple of decent ones here. We got the Florida State Parks on the air, which sounds like a special event, but actually is a contest because, you know what, there's points to be had. So we're going to collect some points. Uh, this one runs from 1400 Zulu to 2200 Zulu on April 3rd and 1400 Zulu to 2200 Zulu on April 4th. So you get a little gap overnight because I assume you can't be in a park overnight. So the bands there are 80 meters through 10 meters, no work. And the modes there are all modes. So you can use anything, use whatever mode your rig can possibly use. Uh, the purpose is to promote public awareness of ham radio and Florida state park systems or Florida state parks system. Sorry. I'm, I'm pluralizing the wrong words, uh, to contribute to the recognition and appreciation of Florida's diverse ecology to encourage and camaraderie and sportsmanship among Florida's amateur radio operators and to provide a venue for Florida amateurs to get out and enjoy operating in the great outdoors, physically distance, of course. <laughs> Uh, the objective here is uh, for competing stations to operate from as many Florida's uh, 172 state parks, trails, and historic sites as possible with an emphasis on park-to-park contacts. Out-of-state stations may work only Florida stations located in a Florida state park, so working stations outside of Florida just don't work out that well. Uh, <laughs> in-state stations uh, not located within a Florida state park may only contact stations that are operating from inside a Florida state park. So basically, your working parks... Anybody in a park. So uh, check that out. That should be a, a fun event this weekend. Also, we have the SPDX contest, and this one's running from 1500 Zulu to April 3rd to uh, 1500 Zulu April 4th. This is uh, 160 through 10 meters, no work, and modes here are CW and single sideband. And what is this? This is the Polish Amateur Radio Union in cooperation with the SPDX Club. Uh, this is for amateur radio amateurs around the world to contact as many Polish stations in as many provinces of Poland as possible. Polish stations use the following prefixes, three Zulu, uh, Hotel Fox, Sierra November, Sierra Oscar, Sierra Papa, Sierra Quebec. Uh, Polish stations contact the rest of the world except Poland in as many DXCC entities as possible. So uh, point, your, uh, point your antennas to Europe and uh, work some Polish uh, this weekend. 
So over on the state CUSO party challenge and worked all CUSO parties, we have uh, two states activating this weekend. It is Louisiana and Mississippi. So two southern states. So uh, if you're following that or just want to get on the air and work some local stuff, there you go. You got a couple of good states to uh, to work down there in the southeast. Uh, let's see. Next weekend, we have a couple of good contests here, too. We have the J- JIDX contest. This one's running from 0700 Zulu, April 10th to 1300 Zulu, April 11th. And this is 160 meters through 10 meters. And no work mode here is CW, the dits and Daws. This is for amateurs around the world to contact JA stations and as many JA prov- uh, prefectures <laughs> plus JD1 islands as possible. For amateurs in Japan to contact DX stations and as many DX entities and CQ zones as possible. And, uh, of course, there's been a lot of, a uh, lot of activity through, uh, to Japan from, uh, from the U.S. So it should be quite easy to, uh, to go ahead and work that one next weekend. Uh, we also have the FT8 DX contest, our favorite mode. It is uh, running from, uh, 1200 Zulu April 10th to 1200 Zulu April 11th. Bands there are 80 meters through 10 meters. No work mode, of course, is FT8. And, uh, what is this? Uh, any station may work any other station. Stations may be worked once per band. Uh, check out the rules for suggested frequencies and exchanges in the rule book. So, uh, it's not the, the standard beyond the FT8 frequency. I believe that's probably highly discouraged. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, so check out the rule book there for the FT8 DX contest. Uh, the state QC party challenges and WAQP for next weekend is, uh, we got four states, Nebraska, New Mexico, North Dakota, and Georgia. So a lot of states all over the place. So uh, a lot of activity next weekend for the state QSO party challenge. And that's, uh, that's it for contests. Well, all right. Sounds like plenty of stuff to do for the next couple of weeks. though. there's uh, no question about that. Look at all those QC parties, six QSO parties in the next two weeks. Wow. <laughs> Lots of people on the air. Cool. So moving on to amateur radio special events. We have a few here. Uh, we have the annual Nancy Cott Memorial KN0WCW event. I like that call sign. KN0WCW. No CW. Uh, this will be April 10th and 11th, uh, all day, both days. Call sign, of course, KN0WCW. Frequency is 10058, 7058, 10118, and 3558. The mode, as you might have guessed, is CW. And this is the fist founder, George. K3ZQS, silent key, in a happenstance QSO in 1988, befriended him and shortly became the head of what is now the America's Chapter of Fists. I think that should be all capital, shouldn't it? Because isn't it an acronym? But anyway. Oh, I scrolled down. Why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) From then till her passing on 2nd of March 2014, she worked tirelessly to promote our club and Morse code, showing kindness to all and exemplifying our mottos of courtesy at all times and accuracy transcends speed. Hmm. She is deeply missed by all, but not forgotten. Please help us honor Nancy's work and dedication. A certificate is available. So if you want to work KN0WCW and get your hand out there and try beating around on your Morse code key, here's a good event to do so on the 10th and 11th of April. Also coming up, we have World Amateur Radio Day special event. This will be operating from April 18th through April 19th, 1300 Zulu to 0400 Zulu daily. Call sign is Whiskey 7 Whiskey. And this is going to be on Digital Voice. It's going to be on Echolink on the Rock Ham, R-O-C-H-A-M conference. And uh, 
Also, Echolink Node 531091. It's also going to be on All-Star on 2585, 47620, and 53130. So this is one for all you digital guys and girls. Uh, this will be our sixth annual World Amateur Radio Day celebration on the VoIP Echolink system. We have a 16-hour net with net controllers from all over the world. A special event QSL card will be available. Join us again for one of the largest special events on Echolink. We'll have All-Star and DMR as well. Although the special event did not show any DMR uh, talkers, so <laughs> and I didn't have a link to an event there, so you probably have to Google for it. But just uh, maybe the QSL or QRZ for uh, W7W will have information. But there you go. And then there's one we mentioned on the last weekender, which is Quebec Parks on the Air. This one's going to be running pretty much all year, so I don't know how many times we'll mention it, but we'll mention it again here. It's uh, operating various times from various parks on various frequencies and various modes uh, throughout Quebec. And Quebec Parks on the Air is an event, the purpose of which is to draw attention to the importance of protecting nature and to encourage the development of radio skills, especially in portable ops. The event encourages amateur radio operators to operate portable from designated parks in Quebec and in turn generate attention for these areas whilst, whilst providing the amateur radio community an interesting and rewarding activity. We encourage you to consider vacationing in one of Quebec's beautiful parks and visiting a park as Quebec is blessed with a magnificent diversity of parks. Uh, this, of course, is for Canadians because the rest of us can't get there right now. Uh, Quebec's CPAC operates 41 national parks and wildlife reserves, and there are 190 regional parks. Each of these 231 parks is eligible for the QC POTA event. And a link to information will be in the show notes. So plenty of time to work QC POTA. And, of course, parks on the air is just a thing in general. So there's always uh, parks being uh, lit up on the airwaves uh, all over the world, I'm quite sure. So moving on to announcements, I only have one announcement, and that is that the mailing list I have found, I still have the mailing list data. It's just that the mailing list system broke, and I've been in the process of recovering it and upgrading to a new version of Mailman, which is a bugger. And uh, um, I'm still working on it, but as soon as that's recovered, I will make an announcement about that. And I will have, uh, well, of course, we'll send out a notice on the mailing list when, of course, there is one. So uh, stay tuned for that. And for people who have been trying to join our mailing list via the website, I apologize. It's been down for some time, and uh, I am working on getting it back up. Any other announcements that we need to touch on that I do not have here? Not that I can think of. Mm, okay, cool. Uh, so I threw in a Linux in the Hamshack ham radio challenge where I said, check out websdr.org and play around with other people's SDRs. Always fun to uh, make other people's radios do things over the web. <laughs> so, <laughs> plus, uh, you can also you can also do an interesting thing that I've done a couple of times is hear your signal from other parts of the world, um, which is kind of neat if you want to do that and uh, see what you sound like to somebody else's receiver in uh, you know Bangladesh or whatever. So check out websdr.org, the, uh, the post-sessor, pre, pre, post-sessor, is it <laughs> successor? That's the thing. That's the word I was looking for. I don't have nearly enough alcohol on me. Um, so, yeah, the successor to uh, sdr.hu, websdr.org. Check it out. And uh, if you get a wild hair, you can uh, always put an SDR up on websdr so people can play with your radio. So there you go. And uh, now we'll move on to this weekend in open source. And, of course, this weekend covers the next two weeks. And Bill is going to tell us about a distribution that we have mentioned before, but there's a new release of it. So uh, you can find out all about all the new sexiness. 
Yeah, and this is uh, DeepN 20.02. Uh, besides the updates of DeepN applications, DeepN 2002 comes with optimized UI and user experiences and some new features. The kernels are upgraded to kernel 5.1 LTS and kernel 5.11 stable, and the repository is updated to Debian 10.8 for better stability and compatibility. Uh, in DeepN 2002, you will discover a better system performance. While there are too many improvements to write up in this segment, we have to ask that question. Has Deepin improved enough to topple the new king of sexy, Garuda? So you tell us. You try it out in the next two weeks and send us back. I think uh, in the next episode, we're going to do an LHS readiness score on this puppy and, and see how it performs because it's just hot off the presses. And it's just hot in general. It's hot. Yeah. The new sexy. Smoking. Yep. Oh, those Chinese distributions, they know how to be sexy. Uh, righty then. So this is where we bring Cheryl into the mix because she's probably asleep somewhere, but if she's not, then uh, we can have her cover the open source events that are coming up in the next, well, it's actually month or so, <laughs> um, because apparently there's just nothing going on right now. But are you, are you ready to tell us about some stuff that's coming up? Sure. Okay. Okay. So the first thing is the Red Hat Open Source Summit. It's April 27th and 28th, 2021. It's online and it is free. The premier open source event is expanding to become an all-new flexible conference series consisting of a two-part immersive virtual experience as well as a global tour of small-scale in-person events. The series will create collective opportunities to share experiences, innovations, and insights. Red Hat Summit 2021 is where we come together to uplift perspectives in enterprise IT all around the world, ensuring that every contribution has a place, every person has a voice, and every question has a meaning. There's more information about this in the show notes. The next one is the Tech TEQ Nation Conference. It's May 10th and 12th. It's online. It is free. The new and approved edition of Tech Nation is approaching fast. This year is fully online. Three days of developer mayhem. Every day between 1600 and 1900. And I'm not sure where this is based out of. Um, well, I guess I that doesn't matter. Never mind. I think it's like the yeah. Netherlands or something, but okay. it, that's, that's UTC, but yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will deliver quality content at Technation. You can broaden your knowledge at our hands-on labs, technical sessions, live demonstrations and workshops, which are all focused on technology of the next era. Technation 2021 will bring more than a thousand developers and the best speakers from all over the world. Feature topics are AI and ML, IoT and embedded, developer experience, modern infrastructure, security, new and cool. Share your passion with like-minded people, improve your skills, and have fun in an easygoing atmosphere at TechNation. More information is in the show notes. And the last one is the International Conference on Open Source Systems. It's May 12th and 13th. It's online. It's free. The 17th International Conference on Open Source Systems aims at providing an international forum where a diverse community of professionals from academia, industry, and the public sector and diverse FLOSS initiatives can come together to share research findings and practical experiences. The conference is also formed to provide information and education to practitioners, identify directions for further research, and to be an ongoing platform for technology transfer, no matter which form of FLOSS is being pursued. And more information's in the show notes. And that particular conference is in Finland. But, Alrighty of course, it's then. online, so you can attend from anywhere. Right. 
So, all right. Well, there's a few things you can check out over the next month and a half or so, if you're so inclined and you got plenty of time to register for those events. And in fact, I think that last one is still doing like a call for papers. So not even sure registration is open for it. Now, you know. Uh, so for Linux in the Hamshack open source challenge tonight, I put out check out open hardware platforms like Arduino or OpenRTX or any of the other open hardware platforms that exist. Uh, there's plenty of stuff to do with open hardware and lots of open source, open source software to run on it. So you know, play around with some open hardware and see where it gets you. Try not to make a new car anything. uh so let's move on into the good stuff let's talk about hedonism for the next couple of weeks and we start off our hedonism segment with cheryl who always tells us about some yummy food that you can uh, make or maybe buy i don't know Uh, i think the whole point of this is to make it though you make Uh, it at home because it because it's always better when it's homemade right so Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a we got something with a for your sweet tooth this time, not not a meal or anything like that. So what do you got? Well, since it's Easter weekend, I decided to pull out my carrot cake recipe, and I've always been a huge fan of carrot cake, and I've pulled Russ into my infatuation several years ago. And this cake is full of all things wonderful: a moist cake full of pineapple, coconut, and walnuts, and some carrots. So for the cake, you need some flour, some baking soda, baking powder, salt, cinnamon, white sugar, vegetable oil, eggs, vanilla extract, shredded carrots, flaked coconut, chopped walnuts, and some crushed pineapple. And of course, for the yummy frosting that goes on top of it, you need some cream cheese, some butter, and some powdered sugar, otherwise known as confectioner sugar. And you can get the full recipe in the show notes. And then for our mix, or for my mixed drink corner this time, I decided on the carrot cake martini just to keep it going. So you need some ice cubes, some Irish cream liqueur, otherwise known as Bailey's, uh, some butterscotch schnapps, and some cinnamon schnapps. And you mix all that together and, and you know, in a shaker with some of your ice cubes and dump it into two wonderful martini glasses. One for you, one for a friend, or just drink both of them all by yourself. It's okay. Oh yeah, drinking it by yourself. There you go. I mean, drinking it by yourself with a friend too. That that's good. Well, yeah, one for each hand. That's exactly. <laughs> that that's usually how I do my drinking. So okay, I have to answer a question for Don in the chat room. So hang on while I do the quick research here, and because it was in. Th- okay, so Don, yes. I have reviewed a Wilderness Trail product. I reviewed the Kentucky Straight Rye, and that was in episode 351. Uh, yeah, I agree says, with Don. Don't put nuts in uh, cakes. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I love nuts. Well, you can cakes. omit the nuts if you don't like nuts. So. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you can, yeah, you leave, can leave the nuts out. So Some people don't like coconut either. So, yeah, got to do what you got to do. But is, co- I don't- is coconut a nut? No, I'm just saying, if you want to emit nuts, you don't like coconut, you can also emit the coconut. Um, did Russ like carrot cake when he moved here? I don't think he did. I, I did, um, but not oh, okay. not like I like it now, because the carrot cakes I have, see, uh, you know, my mother was the one who made all the cakes, and so she's always like, oh, you can't have a bunch of frosting on a cake. And honestly, if carrot cake doesn't have an inch of cream cheese frosting on it, it's not carrot cake. So, well, okay. <laughs> I yeah, do you're, like also, cake. you're also a fan of hummingbird cake. Too, I do like so. hummingbird cake as well. Yes, yep, love them both, especially um, Dino's. Oh yeah, Dino makes a hell of a carrot cake. So, all right, well that 
since I already answered a question about booze, I guess I'll... Uh, oh, and you talked about your carrot cake uh, martini, right? So, uh, might have one of those later. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because we just bought some Irish cream, so... Yeah, absolutely. All right, so for my drink corner tonight, I'm doing a whiskey that I could have sworn, again, that I've reviewed before, but apparently, according to my list, I have not. <laughs> so, here we go. Uh, this is Woodford Reserve Double Oaked Bourbon. Um, I think I may have said on past episodes that I was not a fan of Woodford Reserve, and that's still true. However, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked is a whiskey of a different stripe. Uh, Their description of it is, an innovative approach to twice-barreling bourbon creates the rich and colorful flavor of Woodford Reserve Double Oaked, uniquely matured in separate charred oak barrels, the second barrel deeply toasted, before a light charring extracts additional soft, sweet oak, oak character. What's interesting about the fact that this is this is double aged in different barrels is that while it does impart a uh, sort of nice oak flavor, it does not make make it overly oaky, which you might think since it's double oaked. But it adds a bunch of other characteristics which are wonderful. So the mash bill on this is seventy two percent corn, eighteen percent rye, and ten percent malted barley. The proof on my particular bottle is forty five point two percent or ninety point four proof. Apparently, the bottles can range from 43.2 to 45.2, so mine's at the high end, which is uh, always good. The region on this is, you know, in in Missouri, this town is Versailles. In France, it's Versailles, and I have no idea how you pronounce it in Kentucky. So (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just going to go with Versailles because that sounds like the American way to do it. Um, the color on this is a nice, really dark, deep amber, which is coming from all the toastiness of those oak barrels. The nose on it is absolutely wonderful. A nice combination of dark fruits, black cherry, caramel, spiced honey, chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak. And you can actually individually, I mean, I would think somebody even with a terrible palate could pull out a lot of these flavors. It's so... It's so complex, but everything sort of stands alone on the nose. It's it's wonderful. And the same thing happens on the taste. Slightly different on the taste, lots of vanilla notes, what people might call uh, caramel or a, like a burnt caramel, a really dark roasted caramel, hazelnut, apple, cherry, and baking spices. Lots of stuff in there, lots of things to enjoy. And then all the flavors really complement each other as well. And notice that these notes don't contain a lot of oakiness because somehow the oakiness actually turned the whiskey into all these other flavors, even though there's a lot of oak there. On the finish, you do get some of that oak. Um, it's long, and the mouthfeel is really oily, and it's rich. And you get a nice full body with lots of vanilla, cherry, honey, apple, uh, sugar cornflakes, um, which you could call frosted flakes. You know, you know what sugar corn flakes are, right? And uh, of course, that hint of toasted oak in there. And I tell you what, um, my my bottle is a store pick, but I also had a regular non-store pick before this, and they're both just as good. It doesn't matter where where you get it from. If it's if if it's the double oak version, it's fantastic. This is probably in my top five whiskeys that I've ever had. You can find it from about 40 to $50 a bottle, depending on where you get it from and whether it's a store pick or not. Um, so it's a reasonably priced bourbon, and it's really, really good. I actually upped my rating. I started with a rating of 95, and I moved it up to a 97. I would say that if you want to spend the money on it, you know, like where you have a $40 bottle of uh, Wild Turkey 101, you should always have that in your bar. 
if you want to spend 40 to $50 on a bottle of whiskey, I would say you have to have this in your bar at all times, too. And that's coming from someone who doesn't like the regular expression of Woodford Reserve, but this one is amazing. You should always yeah, I, have it. I think I highlighted this one to you and said, you got to try this one. I know you hate Woodford, but you got to try the Double Oaked because it, it is amazing. Um, I don't know if you did because I, I, there's a couple of other people that uh, I really trust with their whiskey sense because their sensibility sort of matches mine. And um, this one's been on my radar for a long time. I just never bought a bottle of it. Um, so it's probably a combination of you and a couple other people <laughs> recommending it. Um, yeah, I first had it like at the, well, on our, our break at the World Scout Jamboree. <laughs> Okay. I mentioned to you shortly thereafter. I was like, man, this stuff's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I think I may have known about it before then, but um, I, I don't know. For it sure. had that but, Woodford, Woodford name on it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, Whoa. I mean, anything Woodford, yeah, I kind of like would balk at for sure anytime I saw it on the shelf. But I finally just pulled the trigger on this. And like I said, this is my second bottle of it. And I will always have this in stock now. So, yeah, it's it's quite the drinker. It is definitely really, really good. So. Get yourself some some Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. You, you can't go wrong. Like I said, it's it's definitely in my top five. So, all right, and Bill's got a brand a, a drink from a brand new distillery near him. So, new craft whiskey, and tell us all about it. Yeah, sure. This one is uh, right here out of Billings, Montana. It's a Thief Creek Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's from the Undamned Distilling Company here, and it's uh, it's a forty three proof or forty three percent alcohol volume and 86 proof and uh it is actually pretty good <laughs> i think i paid uh, 36 dollars for the bottle so not too bad for a craft uh a craft whiskey um and uh, i'll just read you a little little print here on the bottle it says uh the yellowstone is the if you get didn't get it the undammed part is uh, uh an undammed river <laughs> Uh, the Yellowstone is the longest wild undammed river in the lower 48, flowing unhindered as it has for millennia. Each spring, the water rises dramatically as snow melts and flows out of the mountains. It runs through Billings, Montana, and is a source of our water supply. At Undammed Distilling, we are grateful for those in the past who have protected this free-flowing river. We want to continue this legacy, so a portion of every sale will go to conserving this majestic wild river. It is our goal that the quality of our spirits honor this undammed river. And, of course, like most craft places, they make um, gin and vodka as well. I did try the uh, the gin while I was uh, in their tasting room uh Geez, was it last week? I think when they first opened the tasting room. So, uh, and that that's pretty good. I'm not much of a vodka drinker, so I didn't even didn't even try that. But, uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is this is not 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 bad. I don't really have any of the data on it, like you know, mash bill and stuff like that. But, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool to have uh, a local distillery here also supporting the uh, Yellowstone River Foundation, which is always a good thing. Yeah, it sounds really good. Um, uh, maybe if uh, you come down this way during the summer, you can uh, bring a bottle with you. <laughs> I, I sure will. Bring it. Bring some dry fly too, because I, I am. I was thinking I was going to bring that dry fly too. I got to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll make sure to have a few locals here as well, so you can try some of the, the stuff that comes out of Southwest Missouri, because there's a few here. Awesome. All right, good deal. Well, that actually brings us down to the end of the show. We want to thank everybody who should. Oh, and I want to mention that uh, Ted earlier said it ain't drinking alone if the dog is home another reason to have a pet right <laughs> exactly right just 
Just drink next to your cat. It's fine. You can never drink alone. So that is the end of the show. Thanks for, for tuning in to this episode of The Weekender, episode number 404 of Linux in the Hamshack. We had several folks join us in the chat room tonight and entertain us while we were recording the show. We had Ted WA0EIR, Don KC9ZMY, Tony K4XSS, John K1BTZ, Darren VK60K, Dan K5, or KF5TQN, and Anthony N0WJE. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate you, and we appreciate everybody who listens to the show and who supports us either financially or by uh, commenting or giving us show advice or tips or topic suggestions or just uh, hanging out on our social media platforms and all of that. Uh, it's all one great big happy family, and we appreciate everybody who uh, is a part of Linux in the Hamshack in whatever capacity you do that. So with that, we'll go ahead and close out episode number 404 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonisms.